Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mike Clemens. Hi, Brian. Hey, Mike. Is there anything I'm missing in terms of the market for a GM to make those deals when players are released or possibly they're deep at one position that you could make a trade for this year? Sure. I think, you know, every year, you know, you have those opportunities and those conversations are always had this time of year. I think it's the difference this year is just you don't have the preseason games to watch. So um, it can make it more difficult just because, you know, you'd like to see guys how they are currently. Uh, are they healthy currently? The conversations are being had, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how much activity there is uh, over the next week. That's Mike Clemens talking to uh, Matt LaFleur, or excuse me, Brian Gutekunst, the Packers GM up at Packers camp, and Mike Clemens joins us now on the Bill Michaels Show. Rami Makloff in for Bill. Hello, Mike. How are you this afternoon, my friend? Good. Yeah, you know, I don't know, Mike. I don't know about these trades. I mean, gosh, we don't have these preseason games. We really don't know what the health of these guys are on these other teams. Uh, you know, I, I, I just don't know if there's going to be that many trades. And then three hours later, the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> yeah, that sure know? didn't stop Minnesota. They didn't need to see any pregame action of Yannick and Gakwe. No, Mike, they give up. A, and they got those extra picks next year yep. when they traded away Stephon Diggs, right? And, Mike, they, they traded a second and a conditional fifth. And if he, if he walks, because he's a free agent after this year, they get a third-round compensatory pick back for him so worst case scenario they just traded a, a second round pick for a third and a fifth which is that's 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 not a bad deal in anybody's book and i think the fifth is like for two years away and you know doug marone i'm telling you this guy this head coach of the jags is a jag i've been saying this for a couple of years <laughs> this is the guy who cut nathaniel hackett when they had quarterback problems and they made, he made him the scapegoat but you know that's matt lafleur's gain that's the offensive coordinator now in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. But then you got Leonard Fournette, who they just cut. And that's another interesting thing. Here you got a running back that came up in that 2017 draft, the one where Christian McCaffrey went to the Panthers much later. Aaron Jones, of course, you know, was four or five rounds later. Uh, but this was a fourth pick overall, and now he's on the street with the Jaguars. So I, that's a strange franchise down there. But anyway, that's, this, that's, this that's... Is... Sorry, go ahead. But this... This is a problem, obviously, 
for Green Bay now because you got Ngakway. Now Danielle Hunter, he's he's missed like a dozen practices or for so far that and Mike Zimmer is insane. But anyway, if they get those two guys in the field, that's something the Packers are going to have to deal with in, now in less than two weeks. Now, Mike, he Gutekunst talked there about no preseason games and how that makes things more difficult in terms of trade. I would imagine that's also going to make things more difficult in terms of evaluating these guys and, and bubble players who, who will or will not make the roster this week, right? I think so. You know, it's not too hard to evaluate some of these wide receivers they've got on the bubble. Maybe a guy that's going to challenge Jake Kummerow for a roster spot or questions that need to be answered on the back end of the secondary. Who's going to back up your starting four? You know, Josh Jackson whiffed. I mean, he whiffed on... Uh, Malik Taylor down the sidelines, overplayed a down-and-out play. Taylor hung out of the ball, took it for a touchdown. Jackson, you know, bad, man, bad, bad mental error. But in watching this big scrimmage they had yesterday inside here at Lambeau Field, you know, at the last second, LaFleur decided not to go, you know, full contact or take guys to the ground. It was pretty much Hollywood. So I don't know how you, you're going to judge a defensive lineman. I don't know how you're going to judge a – third string the linebacker did he actually wrap up could he have wrapped up or tackled that guy could aj Dillon break those tackles the rookie running back and so you know i asked him what these practice sessions uh with no preseason games goodkins kept on saying this over and over again how difficult it's going to be to make evaluations for the cut down this saturday you know obviously all the teams have a lot less to go off of um, as far as you know, when we do make the final roster cuts, the guys that we do expose to the rest of the league, it's not like they've got four preseason games and 200 snaps um, to evaluate for the other teams. So, um, you know, at the same time, I do think this year more than any, um, you know, our roster size with the practice squad will, will be 69, and I think it's going to take all 69 through the season because with the rules as they are now, the ability to bring street free agents in and do some different things is just it's more cumbersome. So. Um, the guys on your practice squad, you know, um, at some point during the year, I would expect those guys to be on the field and helping you. Do you think we'll see an overall drop in, in street free agents being signed, not just by the Packers, Mike, but around the league because of the lack of preseason games and, and not having these guys on tape like you would in a normal year? Well, Goodkin says that, you know, there are still some restrictions as to how you bring guys in, although I know he's had two or three days, Rami, where – They've had four or five different guys in at all positions, tight end, defensive back, uh, wide receiver, guys that they you know that they're interested in. Um, but here's the other thing. Here's the other card is don't forget now. So you go from 80, not 90. You go from 80 players to 53. So you don't have to, you know, have the, the, the Turk break that many hearts. And so you get to keep 16 guys in the practice squad. And that's to predict you know, help these teams out if you get a COVID outbreak. And four of those guys can be veterans. Four of those guys can be guys that have played in the NFL, maybe you had in your practice squad last year. So you got a lot more leeway. If there's two or three guys, that, boy, you're just not sure there's, there's so much on the bubble and you really didn't get final evaluations in those preseason games, you can still hang these guys on the practice squad and, uh, and, and probably sleep better Saturday night after you get that thing in by 3 o'clock. So I asked... Brian, this, he's been watching these 12, 13 practices under Matt LaFleur. The CBA, when players agreed to come back uh, despite COVID, a lot of these practices were shorter. You couldn't go more than 90 minutes. So the, the players could gradually get their bodies in shape during this month of August. 
And so LaFleur would run these practices really fast. I mean, there was no water breaks, real high tempo. And I asked Goody, you know, what do you think about the staff? Because they look more confident to me, this, this young coaching staff that is banging up guys with pads. You know, they're not sitting on it. They had a guy here 15 years ago, or Larry Bechtall, who was the offensive line coach. The guy literally did it because of his knees were so bad from a golf cart. Versus these coaches today, like Adam Stenovich with the offensive line, Mike Smith with the outside linebackers, they are in these guys' faces with pads and, and, and shouting at them and looking at their eyes and looking at their, all their technique. So I asked Goody what he thinks about these practice sessions under Matt LaFleur and if he sees a little bit more of a confidence in this staff their second year here in Green Bay. Well, I think obviously they're all together for a second year, and that's just uh, that experience with each other. I'm sure is invaluable. Um, and that's probably a better question for Matt. But um, you know, we're doing a lot of two spotting, which I'm th- sure you guys have seen out there. Um, that I think picks things up and gets guys a lot of extra reps and, and makes the tempo go a little bit faster. Um, so you know, it's been good. I mean, we've had great weather, as you guys know, and we've been able to stay outside for the most part, with the exception of just a couple of days. So, and I think also with the with no preseason games, the undulations of kind of the week is a little different, uh, which I think allows them to be a little bit more crisp as, as well. Undulations. Love the word undulations, Mike. Yes, I'm going to work that into a sentence sometime soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that means that like at a wide receiver, if you bring back last year, you got Devontae Adams, you got Marquez Valdez Scanling, you've got uh, Equinemia St. Brown, uh, who's been on the sidelines now, undisclosed injury last two two practices you got uh, alan lazard who emerged last year uh and they'll use lazard and Devonte in the slot and then you start getting to jake kumaro and and then they start wondering if some of these guys they've had in camp could push him out could it be this malik taylor kid that i've been talking about could it be malik turner who they picked up from the seahawks or this reggie begleton he played for the Lamar Cardinals down in Texas. That's a Division One school in Beaumont, Texas, the Southland Conference. And he got signed by the Calgary Stampeders. First year was so-so. But in 2018, he was on a team that won the Grey Cup. And I watched his, some more tape of this guy in his time in, in Canada. And this kind of reminds you, you know, I watched the Chiefs and the Texans in the AFC Championship game last night again. And I'm, oh, my God, you know. Patrick Mahomes, and he's all over the field, and he's got that tremendous arms, and he throws the ball at weird angles to Travis Kelsey. And if he's covered, he's got Tyreek Hill to throw to. He's got two or three of these short, speedy guys, you know, Hardman in there and the Sammy Watkins. This Packers team could use a little bit more speed. And Begleton might be that guy. He's 4'5", and he could, if he gets opening, if, if, they're, if they're keying on Devontae and some of these other guys, this is a guy that could, could release late and get downfield. So we talked to him yesterday about his time in Texas, and he's pretty much like saying, yeah, cops, stop calling me a Canadian football player. Uh, it's, it's mostly the coverage. You know, I'll break, and our guy's a lot closer than I assumed that he would be. Uh, but I've been playing American ball all my life. I was in Canada for what, in the last three years. However, in the off season, I was still playing American ball. Uh, you really can't practice the Canadian ball. So – I'm I'm still used to how the game is played down here, even though I was up north for a couple of years. And it, it's embedded. And don't forget, I'm from Texas, so that's like football capital of the world. It's a religion. And I've been playing since a kid. So the adjustment is not really, how can I say, uh, it, it's not 
too much. It's not drastic. It's just I need to be able to be comfortable with the offense that I'm in, soak in all the details, and go out there and play fast. Once I'm once I'm able to play fast, I, I can be really dangerous, and and I truly believe that anybody, honestly, it, when when you can go out there and not think and just play football, that that's the best feeling in the world. Uh, you don't want to go out there and line up and and figure out like okay, what I got. You should already know what you have. That way, you're able to look at the defenses. You're able to look at the quarterbacks' checks. You're able to look at the things that are more important than worrying about the distance of this certain route. I like the confidence, and it would certainly go a long way for the Packers if Reggie Begleton could uh, develop into something at the wide receiver position for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers because we know that they, they need some help at the wide receiver position after what we saw last year and didn't see in the offseason. We'll hit a quick break. More from Packers camp with Mike Clemens right after this. Rami Makhlouf in for Bill Michaels on the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. So today we went out there with a set decibel level that we had the other day in practice and it sounded like twice as loud as the other day. So uh, we had to taper it back a little bit. So, um, you know, that's something that we're going to have to work through and, and um, you know, might have to come back out here in Lambeau just to get a, a real feel for exactly how it's going to sound. That was Matt LaFleur talking about crowd noise sound effects at Lambeau Field and the other various NFL stadiums that they'll be visiting this year in a year where we may or may not have live crowds in seats for football games. Rami Makhlouf in for Bill Michaels this afternoon, talking it over with Mike Clemens, our Packers beat reporter, embedded in Packers training camp as we speak. Mike, have you've, I'm sure you've heard that cr- the crowd sound effects at practice out there. How, how close is it to recreating the real thing out there? It's bad. I mean, it sounds like a jet. It sounds like a... It sounds like those that equipment they used to dry off a field before a playoff game. You know, it doesn't doesn't sound like a crowd. And this is the one that's been issued for all stadiums from the NFL to the stadiums. I was watching the Vikings scrimmage at U.S. Bank Stadium, and they're using the same thing. I mean, it's it's just kind of noisy. That's all. I don't. Know. Maybe it sounds better on TV, but yesterday's practice, Rami, was essentially the last practice of training camp. I mean, training camp is is now over. Because what the, they're, they're doing with the schedule is today the players coming in, getting checked out, having some meetings. Tomorrow's like essentially a day off. Then they'll have practices Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They have to be down to 53 by Saturday afternoon. So I imagine there's some guys that might actually be on a practice Friday and then start getting released Friday night, uh, Saturday morning. But he wanted, LaFleur wanted them to feel like they were in season this week to get ready for next week when the you know it's actually live bullets and the the opener up in Minnesota against the Vikings. So he he had the public address announcer in there. He had referees on the field for the first time in camp. He had the coaches up in the press box on headsets working on communications which actually broke down the radios broke down a little bit so they work out those kinds of bugs. It's for obviously for the younger players what does a game day really feel like? You got their full uniform on and the pregame warm-ups and everything. And then they ran 51 plays. I mean, it was play after play after play, team drill after 11 on 11. It wasn't, it wasn't 100% physical though. It was more like thud. You know, put your shoulder into a guy, 
So not a lot of evaluation there for the offensive so linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers for tackling. Aaron Rodgers looks like Aaron Rodgers. He was 25 of 31 for 192 yards through two touchdowns. One play, he was just kind of goofing off with Aaron Jones running, and he just went and chased him down the field. He's got a red jersey. He's nobody's going to hit him. But, you know, he's showing you he's still got some pretty good speed for a 36-year-old quarterback. Tim Boyle was okay, 6 of 11, 120 yards, through two nice touch touchdown passes. This 45-yarder to this Malik Taylor kid, number 86, I still keep on talking about, that was on their practice squad last year, kind of built like James Jones, good hands. I think he's got good hands. And another 21-yarder to Darius Shepard, the kid who made the team undrafted last year, was a punt returner, muffed a, uh, a kick return against the Lions, almost cost him the game. He's back on the team trying to break through on this team. So we asked LaFleur about Jordan Love. He was 8 for 14, 98 yards, got better as the day went on yesterday at this scrimmage, if you will. He went 5 for 5, 68 yards on a final drive, and he threw a touchdown pass to Malik Taylor. And we asked LaFleur, how did Jordan Love look in yesterday's practice? Felt like it was probably his best day up to this point, just making some key throws downfield. And, you know, I think he's consistently getting better and better and better. And I think that, you know, that tends to happen with these guys. When you have more of a, a game plan emphasis going into it, you kind of shrink the playbook down for him. And hopefully he wasn't thinking as much out there. And I think that translated into a better performance. It seemed like the communication was pretty good for the most part. I know that we were having some issues. We had Hackett calling some of the plays and we were using a walkie-talkie and that certainly was not going as planned. So I think our operation, it probably appeared a little too slow. The guys felt like they were into it. Obviously, anytime that you're not going to the ground, it's tough to get a real indication of, you know, where some of those spots may have been um, for both sides. But I thought the guys were into it. I thought it was um, much cleaner than our last couple practices. So I, I thought there was improvement. We want to have all our horses for the race come in two weeks. And we got to make sure that we're healthy because I know this, we're going to be at our best when, when we've got all our guys out there and it was something that we talked about even today during that practice was whether or not some of the younger guys if we were going to give them another live rep but just some of the circumstances dictated us going in a different direction there right at the end mike i'm 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 happy for jordan love to hear a a good review from his head coach after that dress rehearsal because i was talking earlier in the show about some of some of the write-ups that i've seen from packers camp on the rookie qb and how bad he's looked, and I was saying, guys, ease up on this dude. A, we knew he was unpolished and kind of raw coming out of college, but B, you're talking about a rookie season like we have not really seen in the NFL before for a quarterback not allowed in the not allowed in the in the facilities during the off season, no off season programs, weird training camp, no preseason games. Like he's got as much working against him as a rookie quarterback really ever has when, when you talk about the, 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 the position he plays and this offseason that we've had in the NFL. Right. On the side, besides being a first-round pick, though, he is, he is a 21-year-old kid from Utah State that just had his 12th NFL practice. I mean, you know, this takes time. So LaFleur simples the playbook for him, simplifies it. Even though it's unscripted, you don't exactly know what the next play is going to be but that have him build a little confidence for him. And then he's not going to get any preseason games, and he's going to sit on the bench for the next year. Uh, one guy that I've been talking about is this Darius Shepard, undrafted kid, made the team last year. Uh, Tyler Urban looks great. Gosh, he is fast. 
holy sp- and they're using him as a receiver and as a return man. They also got Shandon Sullivan, secondary guy, in for a kick return yesterday, and he's got some pretty good speed as well. But Darius Shepard, I talked to LaFleur about him because I thought he was coming on in the last couple of weeks, and is this going to be a guy that could that could threaten Kumaro, you know? Uh, that, that this is somebody could be more versatile than Kumaro. So I asked Darius how he got ready in the spring during the COVID lockout from the gyms. Yeah, um, I was uh, back home mostly in uh, Blue Spring, Missouri, near Kansas City. And then I got out to California with my uh, teammate from, in, from NDSU, uh, Easton Stick. He plays quarterback for the Chargers. So we got to get a lot of work in together, which helped a lot, you know, just being with NFL quarterback. But uh, just try to improve really in all areas of my game. I think, you know, there's always, uh, you know, room to get better, obviously, and work focusing on receiver and uh, punt return, kick return. You know, watching these vets like, you know, Aaron and, and Sadie's and Devon saying how they go to work and, you know, whether they have a bad day or not, they're just, you know, continuing to be confident in themselves and make plays. So uh, this offseason, I just tried to focus, you know, a lot on, you know, having that positive mentality. I did a lot of reading and just try to focus on, you know, how can I be better and, you know, what things I want to focus on going into year two. Thing that I, don't, I would imagine wasn't that different than past years, though, Mike. You hear him talking about everything that's been different in this, this COVID uh, lockout offseason that they've had. I, I would imagine that film study is still something that, teams can can do at about the same level as they were doing before with all the technology that we have today. You know, Tyler Lancaster is a kid that they picked up, smart kid out of the Chicago area, Northwestern. And that's something I discussed him with. I said, so if you can't have OTAs in minicamps, do you get better at film study? And here's what he told me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, there was nothing else we could do all off season. You know, um, when we were quarantined, we were stuck inside figuring out ways to work out. Um, and the rest of our days, we were just, you know, studying film or uh, whatever other guys do, watching movies and whatnot. But um, we really did have to dive in mentally since we couldn't be together physically all off season. So um, I do feel like we've taken big steps in that direction. Um, with no preseason games, we don't have any film from this year of other teams, but that's where our fundamentals come into play. You know, that's where um, what we've been practicing all of camp with with fun, fundamentals and technique and, uh, and playing our own guys. Um, you know, we, we took that mental step in the offseason. Um, once we get into it, we're, we're just playing physical big boy football, you know. I like that, Tyler Lancaster, Mike. Good young man. I was reading a little bit about him this morning. Uh, not not about him as a football player, but some of the some of the stuff he's been doing off the field, and I really, really, really like that kid. Yeah, and this goes back to what the players were talking about, trying to make a change in society when they took a practice game, the practice off or a game off in the past week. And at defensive line, who's going to help out Kenny Clark? You know, and it's Lancaster and it's Dean Lowry and uh, Kingsley Kiki, second-year man, the draft pick from last year. Montrevious Adams still on the sidelines with a toe injury. I mean, this guy's had a foot injury two out of his three years. That's disappointing. Oren Burks at inside linebacker has now been out the last couple of days. So this opens the doors for these, like, Kamal Martin guys and Ty, Ty Summers. And, you know, they're probably going to move Zadarius over the middle for some of these plays. And then there's Lancaster. How can you not cheer for a guy like this when you asked him, you know, with all the things that were going on this past spring and you were down there in Chicago, Sam Ocho, who was unceremoniously dumped by the Bears a couple of years ago, even though he was in an NFL uh, promo about community service, um, he contacted Sam and said, hey, is there something I can do? And here's what Tyler Lancaster said. 
Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. Um, you know, there's obviously 2020 has been a hell of a year and uh, there's been a lot of things that have been wrong with the world. And I was stuck, sort of stuck in a place like, what can I do? And I, I was sitting there, you know, I, one day I prayed, there were riots in Chicago and I was like, there's so much going on. And, and I was like, what can I do to, to make change? And I was, I was really struggling. You know, I was texting, texting other teammates, um, telling them where I come from, wanting to get other people's points of view. But, you know, I was blessed with a call that night from Sam Acho, who was a former Chicago Bear. He, uh, he and I sort of developed a relationship in the offseason. He had this, this idea to go to this, the west side neighborhood of Austin in Chicago. It, it was a food desert. And he said, like, what can we do? Like, we see a liquor store on every corner, but we don't see a market. We don't see these kids having a place, you know, that's safe to go. And so they, they formed this thing called Athletes for Justice and uh, invited me along. And they worked with By the Hand Club for kids. And uh, we had this idea to buy out a liquor store and tear it down and turn it into a, a little market that the kids in the area can work at. And, and sort of I, I was like blown away. I was like, would I like to be a part of that? Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of issues in the world, but can we be a light, you know? Um, I, I cried a little bit, you know, I, I felt so blessed to be a part of it, but, and you could see online, I, th I think it was like 10 weeks or something. Um, we bought the, the place, we tore it down and now they're in the process of building it back up. And, and, uh, you know, I felt blessed to be a part of that, but I feel like we need more of that in the world. And, uh, I felt like that was a catalyst. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. That's one of those things that I don't, in all this talk that we've had over the last few months about, you know, what we can do and, and, and what disadvantages and hurdles that these communities have to clear. Just opportunity, man. Just opportunity to have somewhere to go and, and get a healthy meal or go and, and get, get, a, get a, you know, a, a legit paying job and not have to turn to something else because that, that's all that surrounds you. So that's, that's making a real difference. Kudos to Tyler Lancaster. Kudos to uh, Sam Macho and uh, everybody involved, and uh, kudos to you as always, Mike Clemens, for the best report from Packers training camp that folks are going to get anywhere on their radio dial, sir. I will talk to you in a couple weeks when I'm in for Bill again. Thanks, Rami. Yeah, bears and Packers changing the world, dogs and cats living together. What's the world coming together? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Bye. Mike Clevens joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. They're hiring drivers right now. They work hard, you work hard, and they treat you fair. For 80-plus years, they've been getting it done. Call them at 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.